Hey friends, on this episode of the podcast, we're going up to Manistee to talk to the executive director of the Ramsdale Theater, Xavier Verna, about what's going on this fall and what you can expect if you're heading up for fall colors. And as I said, my guest today, the executive director from the Ramsdale Theater in Manistee, Xavier Verna. How are you, my friend? And uh, where do we find you today? In your office, I see? Yes, yes. Uh, hello, and, and thanks for having me. Yes, I'm in my office here at the historic Ramsdale Theater in Manistee, Michigan. Pleasure to be on the show. So, Xavier, one of my favorite things to do when we start exploring the state of Michigan is discovering places like the Ramsdell and then looking back and going, okay, when you visit the website for the first time or maybe you end up in Manistee because you want to do fall colors and you're like, wow, there's an incredible theater here. How did that end up here? Because the state has changed so much in the last 120 years. You don't have the historical context. But if we go back to... 1880, 1890, Manistee is a huge logging community with more millionaires per, I want you to listen to this, friends who are listening, more millionaires per capita than anywhere else in the United States, almost till about 19, early 1900s. And so they build this theater. And, and what was what was the point at that point, bringing a theater, a world-class theater that would compete with anything else on the planet in Manistee at the time? Well, certainly the the importance of of any theater and any cultural center is what it does by nature which is it gathers people uh around uh any kind of cultural offering that that is being put on you know any kind of show or anything like that uh, it brings people together you know uh, over a common thing and and it really exposes the community to culture where it's not immediately accessible in the community. So a lot of times it's, you know, inviting national acts, you know, touring acts that are going all over the country, but Hey, make a stop in Manistee. We have this beautiful opera house now and really exposes the community to, to that sort of thing where otherwise they wouldn't have access to it. And, and I'm proud to say we're still doing that today. Um, for, for some more context, I would say that the, Theater, the, the Ramsdale Theater, and the reason it was built was in response to an opera house that did exist uh, just down the street here, actually, that unfortunately burnt down. And so at the time, there was just this void with the community. Where do we go for our cultural uh, access? Where do we go for that sort of thing? And so we uh, are very fortunate to our founder, Thomas Jefferson Ramsdell, who immediately responded to that call. He saw that there was a need uh, by his community and he responded by making the investment himself, working together with his son, Frederick Withrop uh, Ramsdell, and uh, with an architect, uh, uh, Solom S. Beeman out of Chicago. And so, you know, back in the day, Lake Michigan was the main highway. So there's a lot sure. of collaboration between uh, the, the two cities. And so they came up with a, with a, with a plan. Um, he originally thought he wanted to invest 50,000, but it turned out to be 100,000 at the time. 
which is a lot more money today. Yeah, yes. And him, think, him and think, his son. Think Jeff yeah. Bezos' money at, at that point, you know, when you're talking $100,000 in 1901. Yeah, yeah. So it's just really cool. The, the, the response was that the community wanted it. And, and I think that that's uh, something not to ignore. Um, you know, he didn't just build this to, to put his name on it for his, for his name to live on, you know, and his legacy to live on. He did this because people wanted it. And so uh, him and his son uh, worked together with the architect. His son actually painted the, the, the dome that you see inside and the two lunettes that are in the theater lobby. Uh, beautiful artist. Uh, you know, he, he was just amazing. He, they did a lot of great things for the community then. And it has such a rich history of, of theater. And at one point it was a movie house. And more than that, it served the community in other ways. Like it was an armory during the World Wars. Uh, it was a recreational center. They used to do basketball up in the ballroom, right, when the <laughs> chandeliers weren't there. Uh, and so it really means more than just you know, the, the theater and, and the concert acts that are on stage. It means more to the community than just that. It's, it's served them in, in so many other ways and it survived the test of time. I mean, it's almost 120 years. So if people really care about it. They have a love for it. Uh, it's a historic site. It's a beautiful place to tour and see. So we're very proud of the, the, the theater itself, the history, and we're proud of the programs we have going on today. Now, Xavier, how did you find yourself up here, right? Because you were at the Sphinx organization, if I've done my research properly, in Detroit. What yeah. brought you up to Manistee? What, what, what was that like? Well, it's really simple. Uh, I moved up here for love. My wife is what a, from what a great What a great backdrop, backdrop in a theater that you moved up for it, love. Yeah, I, I, and it was, uh, uh, you know, she wasn't moving, so I had to figure it out. And, uh, of course, immediately looking for uh, artistic opportunities, you know, anything that I can do to serve um, in my role. You know, the, the thing about Sphinx that, that really connects all of this is that that was one of my first jobs that I ever had, my, my first full-time job, and my first exposure into arts administration. And I just absolutely loved doing that type of work. I'm a, I'm a performer myself. I studied music performance, um, percussion uh, focused at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor and, and also got my teaching certificate. So I was planning on being a music teacher, a band director or a full-time performer. You know, those were my plans in the beginning. And I graduated and, uh, you know, kind of, I was involved with Sphinx in other ways. I played in their orchestra. I, I was, you know, involved in their summer camp, just, you know, being a resident, you know, parent, that kind of thing. But um, it was, uh, you know, once I got the opportunity to actually do the work and help facilitate things, the, the things I did at Sphinx were so profound to me because it was as if, you know, I was giving kids, underprivileged kids, access to, really solid teachers in, in strings, you know, violin, viola, cello, uh, all of these kids nationally were, were getting these opportunities and I was helping them get connected with these all-star teachers. And I just felt really good, you know, and, and I just, and I loved, you know, the, the administrative side of things because it's, 
it's sort of that thankless part of the organization's <laughs> mission. You know, it's like the mission yes. just doesn't happen because you want it to happen. It happens because there's good people behind it, you know, pushing the envelope and, and there's donors that are fueling that energy. And so that just created, uh, uh, it really opened up the doors for me because it, it just created new opportunities. And so when I was looking in, in town, the Rams, I was looking for executive director at the time. So I just thought the stars are aligning, right? This is perfect. And luckily, you know, I, the interviews went well and uh, got the job. And I started off and, uh, in February of 2017. So I haven't looked back. This has just been an amazing place to work. So you got, uh, we'll call it uh three and a quarter normal years in employment. And then, then we hit a global pandemic, right? So, oh, yeah. you know, as, as yeah. what do you mean? Oh yeah. <laughs> like, you oh, forgot yeah. About it's it. funny. It's, no, it's funny. You say it that way. Cause it's, cause you said normal. I was like, yep, that's, that sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so what was, what's the last year been like and how excited are you to start doing programming again in a theater with human beings? Well, the, the, it's hard to put it in words. It's uh, there. There was a lot of. Um, I just try to think of the whole context. I mean, yes, the theater suffered because we didn't have uh, events. We didn't have the the revenue sources that we need to to sustain the programs. We didn't have most of the programs happening, but also the people. Some of the people had to go and. You know, but I think about the larger context in the performing arts world, you know, all over the world. Um, it's really devastating that, you know, especially for the artists, there was just nothing that we could do. You know, I, I felt so powerless. Um, and so that was like the first part of it. Right. It's like you feel powerless. You don't know what to do. And then it was like, OK, that's it. I'm done. Let's let's do something. And so we got really creative. We tried everything that we could to pay artists. That was our main goal. It's like, we need to find ways to pay artists. So we did Manistee's first ever drive-in concert, right? Wow. That was the, one of the coolest things. We found an old lot that's not being used where there used to be a Kmart. And we hired an artist, a Michigan gal, Sadie based. She was just terrific. Um, and uh, we had cars you know, as, as admission. So we had a ticketing booth. It was just really cool. So, and the weather was perfect. And so all of that went really well. We, we did a lot of art exhibits. So we supported our local community of artists, of visual artists. Uh, they came and did shows here. We were at a limited capacity once we could reopen, but we had a lot of people come through the art gallery and they purchased art, which is great. We give 70% of the revenue to the artist. Uh, again, we wanted to make it sustainable for them. And so that was helpful, a little revenue for us, you know, and then other activities that we had, we did a, a huge uh, live stream performance here featuring the Boston Brass. And what was cool about that is the collaboration with West Shore Community College is down in, in Ludington here. And we partnered with over 20 other presenters nationally. So all of them were feeding from the Ramsell stage into their projectors in their theater. So all of those people in other communities got to see the Ramsell theater wow. and be a part of Manistee, but, you know, at a distance, right? That was, that was what this whole pandemic was about. Like still connected, but 
at a distance. It was really weird, but you know, we made it work. So that, that event happened and, and that was great. Uh, great exposure for us, but, but good for people in the local community to see the, the, the Ramsdale alive again. Jeff Daniels had a whole tour in Manis, in Michigan, really, and into Chicago and all that. So all of that went virtual. So we had a really nice show featuring Jeff Daniels. Really well done. We did a, another exhibit, and it was the uh, Stay Safe Face Mask exhibit. And it was an opportunity for anybody who wanted, we would send them paper mache mask, just a blank paper mache mask. And you could draw on it what the stay at home order, uh, how you processed all that, you know, what did that mean to you, to you? And so to me, I called it artistic healing because it just gave people an opportunity, an outlet to put their emotions down and create this art. And then we had an exhibit featuring over 400 masks. We had people in five different states. Uh, a couple of our local hometown heroes, Tony Trucks, uh, who's an actor uh, in L.A. She's part of the CBS show SEAL Team. And she grew up in Manistee. And so she got her whole uh, makeup crew involved in that as well, making masks. That was really neat. And, of course, our very own James Earl Jones was a part of that as well. We sent him a mask and his family a mask. And so uh, he sent something back uh, to us to include in that exhibit. So it's just a really, again, at a distance, but we were connected in a way. We, we all got to walk through, and there's videos online on our website, but we got, we got to walk through the room and just see and experience all of, all of the emotion that we felt together. It just, it, it was a really, really touching exhibit. And, and so we tried to do as much of that as possible. I would say we were extremely active, uh, extremely supportive of our artists and really just trying to think uh, creatively. And then now we seem to be at a point where, where obviously we're doing shows. We have no limits on capacity, uh, but now it's kind of looking scary again. It's looking like we might be starting to implement those mandates from not so long ago but we're we're waiting we don't know anything from the state yet but so far the summer has been really busy for us it's it's been phenomenal we had uh concerts featuring some tribute shows we've had art exhibits we've had lots of people come in the building and that's just been the greatest feeling of it all is just to come out of this really strong like we were able to stay top of mind for people and they just appreciated everything that we did during during that time that we we couldn't do our normal program so it's just it's a good feeling right now to be able to have programs and see people and xavier we're heading into a season that most michiganders absolutely adore because the the state sort of changes its color the it gets a little bit cooler we all eat candy corn and pumpkin spice (laughs) and all of that stuff but you're obviously a hot spot for people to go look at fall colors. And while they're up there, yeah. you have a number of shows coming between right this very second as you and I are talking and the end of the year. Can you give people some highlights of things that they shouldn't miss if they're going to head up your way to check out fall colors this fall? Yeah, we we have lots of live events uh, scheduled in the theater as well as art exhibits. Um, so as, actually just a 
couple of weeks here, we have Hal Grossman coming from Oregon, but he used to teach at Interlochen Center for the Arts. Uh, he's doing a tour on, uh, on new works for violin and piano. And uh, he's going to have collaborative pianist Jeffrey Gilliam with him. And so he'll be performing here on September 26th uh, at 2 o'clock. That's a Sunday. And that kind of kicks off our fall season going all the way to Manistee's uh, Sleigh Bell Parade, which is the uh, kind of like our, our busiest tourist season, you know, during the winter months, we have over 10,000 people come out and check out this non-motorized parade. Uh, so I'm skipping over the fall here, but I, I can't ignore the fact that, <laughs> yeah. you know, this is just one of the coolest holiday traditions. And of course, this year we're going to be featuring the Nutcracker Ballet again and that's a, a biannual performance so we couldn't do it last year so we're doing it this year so we're thrilled about you know that's kind of where we're headed toward the end of the year in between all that uh, i'm excited to say we're partnering again with west shore community college and we're doing a show two nights actually of le cirque esprit which is september 30 and october 1 and it's uh live music on stage with breathtaking acrobatics also on stage. It's a show that you've probably never seen here at the Ramsdale Theater before, which is why we're so excited to, to show the community. But that'll be happening both nights at 7.30. Uh, the Swan Brothers, we have some nationally recognized country artists coming in. They, these guys were on The Voice, uh, so they've received you know numerous nominations from Country Music Awards, uh, CMT and ACM. This is a, a brother, a, a duo, uh, two brothers, and, and they're absolutely terrific. That's on October 8th. That's a Friday at 7.30. Um, one of these shows, Irish Night, that features uh, Grand Rapids band Crossbow, was rescheduled, I think, twice. <laughs> you know, we originally yep. had it in yeah. March of 2020, and then we said, okay, how about 2021 in March? No, let's try in the fall of 2021. So... This show, people have been waiting for a long time, uh, but this is, is long overdue. It'll be up in the ballroom. So it's a nice social setting where people can enjoy some really good music. I've never seen uh, a, a band so energetic. Uh, these guys are just absolutely terrific. They're super fun to watch. Um, we have some local groups uh, doing their shows here. The local conservatory of dance is bringing back Aurora Sleeping Beauty. Uh, they do four four nights of those shows, November 4th through 6th. Um, and then we have the Rush Tribute Project, uh, one of those events that we had to reschedule. Uh, but a, a really solid group. I've heard such positive uh, feedback from people who have seen the show, the Rush Tribute Project. I mean, people just say they absolutely nail it. Uh, the, the voice the drumming, you know, by sure. Neil yep. Peart, like all yep. of that is in there. So if you're if you're a Rush fan, you you want to go to this show on November 12th. And so, the good news from New York and the Met Opera is that they are going to have a season, and we broadcast uh, live everything that's happening in New York at the Met here. So we will we will be featuring ten of the operas uh, here awesome. at the Ramsell Theater starting in October. Very cool. Xavier, if people want to get more information or buy tickets, where do they do that, my friend? 
they just go to ransellfeater.org and they click on buy tickets and that takes you right to the calendar of events. Awesome, my friend. Thanks for the time. We'll talk soon. Absolutely. Thanks for having me.